Blog Talk Radio.
evening, good evening, and welcome to LawMouthRadio.com. We are broadcasting live out of the Metro Atlanta area. It is an awesome evening, as always. It is April 30th, 2014, and we are live for a special segment on this beautiful evening. And I hope that everyone is tucked away in a safe space and is in a great position to listen to a show that is about to knock your socks off. I'm so excited about this broadcast this evening. And uh, this makes our second special broadcast of the week already, coming off of a great broadcast last night with uh, Ms. Jazzy Jones-Smith on the Bear Truth Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers. And tonight is not going to be anything short of either uh, of anything better. And what we mean by that is because of the fact that uh, this special edition tonight on Live Mouth Radio is going to bring you something so impactful. And as always, we like to start our show with Black PJ Black Coffee. We are one. Um, that has just become, uh, I think, an implanted seed for our radio show to start off because it's just such a good energy. It gives us such a great vibration. Started with our show. And this show tonight, I think it was only befitting that I let it play out to where you're actually able to hear the voices of young people speaking and, and making um, affirmations about how important it is that we are one. And once I start this show tonight with our special guest, you'll know exactly what I mean. Um, and when I tell you that, you know, you never know um, how life will give you turns and how things will come full circle. And tonight, I, I think that, you know, this broadcast is, is so important for the world to hear and uh, to share stories. And, you know, as they say, so much is important to give our people flowers while they live. Uh, that's something I remember uh, my mother saying that when we would go to church on um, Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday and then Mother's Day would come, and I can remember distinctly how um, – well, I would say for the churches that we would attend, um, how there would be times on Mother's Day that they would have flowers, and they would have uh, maybe a yellow flower or a pink flower for the mothers who are celebrating Mother's Day and their mothers are living, and then they would give white flowers to those whose mothers were no longer with them. And so um, for us, you know, my sister and I, we would be in the pews holding our little flowers for our mother, and my mother would be holding her white flower for her mother that she lost at the age of nine. So, um, and you know, it's so befitting and so interesting that I, I have to make some connection here in regards to my mother because if it wasn't for my mother and her destiny, her destiny of, of life as a, a pianist, and a minister of music, and her servitude to the churches, I wouldn't be in this position tonight to talk about somebody that's been a, a huge cornerstone in my life as a child leading up into my adulthood. And um, as I've gone into um, to become a professional um, in the workforce and has since started my own business, I think it's so important that people recognize um, how people have been able to um, affectionately uh, influence them and make a difference in their life. So to, to say no more, tonight our show is actually called Remember Me, Sue, and uh, this documentary that I'm going to talk to you about is a story about a woman by the name of Sue Duncan, and I have the director on with us tonight, and, and I think we both will, we're going to be able to share our own outlets of 
what impactful, um, what how this documentary has impacted um, the director, her story, as well as my own uh, memories and what it means to us at this time to be able to have this story, to be able to be shared with the world, and, you know, what we hope to see come from this story being shared with the global community. And tonight we have uh, the director, Melina Cole, on the line with us. Are you there, Melina? Hi. I know you've been waiting patiently. She has been on the line. She texted me and said, okay, I'm on the line about 15 minutes till. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are a busy woman. I can only imagine. Um, the. And I, and I'm going to tell you something, guys. And some people say that text messages or emails do not give expression. I care to differ. I just feel like I can sometimes connect a lot of energy with a person in their, in their words because I try to uh, be uh, – very uh, open to what they're saying in regards to communication. And I felt Melina's energy as we were preparing, and I asked her to come on to this show on the eve of the uh, the airing date for Remember Me Sue on PBS in Chicago on Channel 11. How are you doing this evening, darling? Uh, I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. I have been moving and running and still running and uh, excited about having you on tonight. So how are you feeling on the eve of your premiere of, what, 10 years you've been working on this documentary? Um, yeah, it's hard to to actually comprehend <laughs> the amount of time that has passed since I first started it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the culmination of many years of work, and it feels good. It should. And when I tell you I want to commend you, um, I've I've been so privy and I'm so thankful to you to allow me to have I had an opportunity to to see the documentary. It only be fitting, you know, for us to come on the show tonight and for me to be able to really talk to you about um about this documentary and to share it with our listeners. Um when I tell you I got two thumbs on, on one on each hand, but if I had five hands I would have five sets of hands, you would have ten thumbs up on your work on this <laughs> on this thing, you know? Wow. So, uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, when I say you have gotten the passing grade, honey, uh, you this is officially an honor roll, okay? <laughs> My wife, That's Jazzy, That's we watched great. it. Yes, we watched this piece last night, and I finally got I've been trying to watch this since Sunday and had a chance last night where we just had to stop after her show. Matter of fact, we broadcast last night with her show and her guests. And we flipped over and said, okay, we got to watch this. This is going to be the perfect time. And when I tell you, Melina, I think the excitement, seeing people that I recognize I hadn't seen for years, I, I got choked up a couple times. Every time I yeah. saw Sue and heard her voice, I ain't going to tell you it was a minute. I actually could still smell Sue's hair when I would hug her. <laughs> That's just how vivid my memory became in seeing this documentary. So please, would you share with our audience, how you came about, well, first of all, tell us who you are and how you came about to even have this story come to life. Yeah, so um, it was about 10 years ago when I was a student at the University of Chicago, and okay. I, um, I decided, you know, as sort of a part-time job, I was going to be a tutor at, um, you know, one of the local schools or one of the local programs. And so they randomly assigned me to the Sue Duncan Children's Center. I didn't know anything about it going in. Um, and I just remember, you know, walking in and just being amazed at, you know, this little microcosm of a community. 
uh, and it was in this church basement, you know, very kind of dark and dingy, but, you know, the yes. energy there was great. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Sue was there. Yeah, I mean, she had this incredible presence, and, you know, I was immediately drawn in, and um, it just happened to be uh, a time in my life when I started experimenting with cameras. And, okay. Uh, you know, I was taking this documentary film class. I was in the film club, and I just decided, you know, it just seemed natural to, you know, do a little video about the Children's Center. So mm-hmm. I just started, you know, filming there and, you know, made this uh, short documentary. It ended up airing on um, this uh, cable broadcast station called Current TV. And, um, I mean, essentially that movie kind of started my career in film okay. production and, and video production. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, and Sue was always very encouraging to me. Uh, you know, it, you can't go to her center and not, you know, be invested. Get involved. Or, yes, um, get involved. Um, yes. So, I mean, she was, during my time in college, like, she was a second mother to me. Um, I'm, I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, and... You know, I was far away from <laughs> <Okay>. home, and <laughs> yes. so she was. Uh, she provided, you know, that kind of motherly influence um, away from home, and you know, I could still remember her. She would actually like come pick me up to take me to the center because I didn't have a car or anything, and um, you know, she just she would drive like three miles an hour. You know, as as you might have seen in the movie, Arnie mentions. Uh, you know, how slow she drives, and every day, you know, yes, we just have, like, these conversations. Uh, so yeah. true. <laughs> yes, we uh, would have these conversations in the car, and, you know, it was just, you know, I, I, I was drawn in, and I, I couldn't, even after I graduated college, like, uh-huh. I just kept on going back. Like, I, I, start, I kept tutoring there after school, and, um, you know, off and on, like, for maybe about four or five years, and um, it was in 2000, about 2011, when I found out that she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, uh-huh. and, you know, I'd always had in the back of my mind, like, oh, you know, it would be great to make a longer film about her work, and, you know, I, I had never seriously, like, planned it all out, but when, once I heard that news, it was basically, you know, I have to do this now. <laughs> like, I can't wait any longer to get this movie done. So uh, I decided wow. to, yeah, I decided to uh, run a Kickstarter campaign. That was how we um, financed most of the movie. I got a couple other uh, donations as well. Um, okay. And, you know, I just I started filming in 2011 again. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this time... I was much, uh, let's say, more experienced with the camera because, I don't know, the the film definitely demonstrates, you know, you could see some of that footage from the beginning days. That that was like the first time I picked up a camera. And then later on, you know, I had more like nine, ten years of experience. So (laughs) you can see the progression of my skills. Um, So, you know, I just decided to make the movie and I – I had all this footage, and luckily I had a great editor helping me out, um, Alex McKenzie, who actually I went to school with at the University of Chicago, and he sort of helped me shape the storyline and, uh, you know, told me what was 
interesting, what was not so interesting, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this footage I've seen over and over and over again. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you lose that impact. Like, I, I can't tell what's funny anymore. I have to have someone exactly. else look at it well, from the outside. Have another eye. Mm-hmm. Correct. I, I want to tell you that um, it, it is taxing, and what you just described is so, so true um, in, which, in regards to quite a few things. Number one, you know, Sue would have, Sue had this, I think that it was a 1982 or 80 <laughs> Suburban, mm-hmm. and they used to call it the Big Blue Bus because it looked <laughs> like it was two blocks long. That was our nickname for her, for her van. Suburban, yep. and Sue drove literally like 20 miles an hour. And you saw her, she would have her hands on both hands on the wheel. She'd be sitting up, her chin would be pulled up just enough looking over the wheel, and mm-hmm. she'd just be driving all along. So you become a part of the, and I remember very vividly how um, there would always be, especially University of Chicago, students that would come in and intern um, I can even remember, um, you know, the. I'm, I'm not going to go too far yet because I want to allow you to elaborate even more. Um, but I can remember how how vividly there was always um, a window of opportunity of interns from different colleges to come in, and um, very much like you put into the documentary, that a lot of the older kids, once you got up a little bit in age, especially if you're um, you know, you were excelling academically, you became a tutor for the smaller children. So there was always somebody teaching somebody in that space. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, for you, and I did notice that there was a lot of 2004 footage, which is what I guess you're talking about, and then we have accelerated up to the point where we're talking about um, Sue started to have memory loss. So for you, um, did you maintain the internship throughout the time period? At what point did you kind of break away from being the intern there to, um, you know, working at the center to um, just really totally just doing straight, you know, documentary? How much time? Oh, gosh. Compression. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's sort of all a blur now (laughs) because – there were just these periods of time when I was working there and then I would go off and, you know, I had a couple other jobs um, and then I went to grad school and, you know, it was just always like I tried to stop in when I had the chance. And I mean, I would say I didn't really seriously start filming uh, until 2011 when I, when I first, you know, I started with the interview with Sue cause I knew I had to get that done first. So, um, I would say, yeah, through 2011 through probably like 2013. Okay. So about a year and about almost two years then. Yeah. Yeah. And editing, okay. of course, constantly throughout that. So. Absolutely. So for you, um, now you, you had an opportunity, uh, let's talk about some of the people that you, you know, highlighted in the documentary, you know, who, once you kind of put it out there, what was the process that you had to take to get the people that you had on there who, I must say, um, had years of time span. We're talking about 30, 40 years from the point (laughs) that you were doing this documentary 
How did you, you know, reach out to them and get them to participate? Yeah, um, I, I guess uh, before we go a little further, let me just um, just explain kind of what the Children's Center is. So, um, okay, please. It, it's a yeah. I thought I might jump in and say that. Uh, so this program that Sue Duncan ran uh, was essentially an after-school program. Um, it started in 1961, and it's still running today, although Sue is no longer working there. Um, yes. She she was there for 50 years, though. So uh, exactly. for those 50 years, Sue was the boss. And um, basically, you know, kids from – we're talking, you know, the North Kenwood, Oakland neighborhoods of Chicago – um, this is an area, you know, like on the south side, um, you know, th- lots of poverty, lots of, you know, violence. Um, kids from these areas would go to the center, and it was totally free. It was a way for them to, you know, spend their time after school, um, get homework help. You know, tutors were there to help them one-on-one, and Sue would lead these lessons and have, like, these group discussions with the kids and you know, they could play basketball, right. they could get food. So, I mean, it was just a way for them to get extra attention um, besides, you know, what they got at home or what they got at school. So um, exactly. the way the way I um, I found everyone for the movie, I, I guess for the younger people in the movie, uh, a lot of them were students that I had known as a tutor, and I just felt that they were the best uh, communicators for, you know, being on television or being on camera. Um, right, to be able to handle uh, being, yeah, highlighted yeah. on camera. Yeah, it just okay. happened to be that, uh, you know, none of the, the young boys I asked, none of them seemed to want to be on camera. So, <laughs> so I ended really? up, um, yeah, I ended up, using uh, this girl named Jasmine and uh, this uh, girl named Serenity. And Serenity was great because her mother, uh, who's one of the main, yeah, yeah, one of the main characters in the movie is is this lady named Mary. And so Mary is Serenity's mother. And Mary is just, you know, hilarious. She's this great character. I I really wanted to focus in on her because she also has like a huge impact on this program and absolutely yeah and as demonstrated in the movie you know sue had a huge impact on her life so i I really wanted to to share that um that aspect um i will say though i did not know so one of the things that mary talks about is some of her past um you know experiences with drugs and alcohol and this was actually something i didn't know about until i interviewed her so it was great um, that she was able to share that and just be so open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just don't think I could have gotten that kind of footage if I had not already known her for so long. So that right. was a huge advantage. Um, let's that see. That just shows uh, how much she trusted you to be able yeah. to reveal and open up herself to share yeah. it with the world. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So with um, – so with that, so then you also had uh, a gentleman who who came up with uh, with Arnie, and mm-hmm. Arnie Duncan is actually Sue's oldest child and is also our U.S. Secretary of State, uh, excuse me, Secretary, Secretary of, of Education. Education. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Who also formerly was the superintendent of Chicago Public Schools. 
And uh, so uh, when you had, you know, um, you had the young lady that actually had the, the uh, school that came back and um, from North Carolina and came in. So how did you make contact with some of the older generation that was highlighted on the uh, documentary? You know, I... That you would, that you would not have known. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember how I first got in touch with uh, Michelle Gordon. And I believe it was through Facebook, you know, because I had participated on the, you know, one of the Children's Center uh, Facebook pages or, you know, something like that. And she had she had gotten to know my name and I had seen her name posted before. And I did a little... Um, like, I helped the Children's Center with their website, so I remember contacting her about that. Um, okay. And she referred me to the other guy in the movie, uh, Chucky. Uh, Chucky, yes. Yeah, his real name is Charles Edwards, um, and he was just fantastic. Uh, I just thought he was great at, you know, telling stories about growing up there, and he made it really interesting, too. So Absolutely. The... Um, the other guy uh, in the movie, his name is Carrie Holly, and mm-hmm. I, fe- I mean, that name, you know, that was one of the names that Sue would constantly <laughs> refer to when we were okay. at the Children's Center and, like, in group with the kids, you know, she would always mention, like, oh, you guys, you know, have to look up Carrie Holly. She had this, like, newspaper clipping on the wall with Carrie's picture on it, and so I just knew his face, and I was knew, like, when I was making this movie, like, oh, I should try contacting Carrie, because I knew, like, he was such a huge figure at the center. Correct. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was lucky enough to be able to fly out, because he lives in uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I was able to fly out and interview him. Yeah. Absolutely. And he was so, uh, so willing to share so much in regards to where he was, and um, with him, um, and I, I got to say, he also was along with Arnie as a young person. So we're talking about the early 80s. So, like you said, Sue's impact, um, and, I, and I'm just going to share my little Sue story in regards to this, how I even came to find out about Sue. Um, and literally, guys, we're talking about, you know, Chicago in the 1960s when as you know, even now, um, unfortunately, Chicago has been impaired with so much crime and brutality of, you know, inner city killings and things of that nature. But um, back, this was even before I was born. The Blackstone Rangers and all those gangs were really rampant and still are rampant and very present on the south side, which is where I grew up. I grew up in High Park. Now, um, and I'm going to tell you, Melinda, did you go to the, to the location when she was on Ellis? At the church that I was did, on Ellis yeah. Street? Mm-hmm. Okay, that was the last place that I was going at. But literally, um, my mother um, has been playing the piano since she was nine years old, and she's brought my sister and I up through, uh, through church. And she was actually the pianist and director at Kenwood United Church of Christ um, on, on 46th Street, uh, can't even remember the address right now. It's kind of faint. But um, Reverend Sanders was the, was the uh, pastor back then. So when we would have to go for choir rehearsal, uh, you know, and, and, and different things, I can always remember. And th- when I tell you guys, this church is, like, massive. 
this is one of the, you know, like, I, I, I live in Atlanta now, Melina, and so I don't see a lot of churches like these that mm-hmm. still are erected in the area. But when I tell you this church scene, like, it took up eight, eight cities because it was one of those churches that had a full gymnasium, stage, full kitchen, fellowship hall. The sanctuary was huge, wheel balcony, and then there was this whole other side. To me as a kid, I'm talking about I'm like seven, eight years old. And I remember the church, I used to think it was spooky, like it was uh, 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 what do you call haunted and stuff like that, because <laughs> I used to hear all these footsteps and hear people, and I'm like, I don't see anybody. So I'm thinking we're the only ones, you know, in, in, the, in the church because we would be in the sanctuary part. But I would hear this running sometimes, and then it would stop. And so when the music stopped, I'm sitting in the pews, and I'm like, what is that? So I got to go and be Inspector Gadget. So I'd wander out of the sanctuary, and I would see kids just kind of, you know, roaming around the church. I'm like, where are they coming from? So sure enough, there was this whole other sector of the church that had a huge area, uh, which was where Sue's uh, Children's Center was. At this time, I think Arnie, Owen, well, Arnie is was literally uh, – you know, a lot of teenagers. Sarah, Sarah and Owen uh, were teenagers, but Owen is closer yeah. to me in age. Yes. So Owen is closer to me in age. So by this time, I don't think Arnie had uh, he hadn't gone off to school yet or anything. But literally, um, my thing, I play basketball. So when I just I stumbled upon them in the gym, I'm just trying to figure out who these kids are, who they belong to, and I just saw so many of them. And so I started to see Sue coming out of the building, and like many people said, I'm like, okay, this denomination doesn't match up. I'm seeing, like, two, three little white faces here, and it was like a school of black kids, you know. And um, so I eventually just started slipping in, and I would kind of fall in and sneak in and, and be present. And um, any time I kind of got noticed, I would kind of fade away, you know, because technically I'm supposed to be in the sanctuary with our, you know, with my mom with the church doing choir rehearsal. So what ends up happening, um, my mother played at that church for, I think, over 10 years. So, you know, I always just kind of mingled in. And then when Sue moved over to the other church, the Baptist church, I can't think of the name, I think it was Baptist, something Baptist or Brian or something on Ellis Street in Chicago, which is, like, right around the block. I grew up, I, I live right across the street from Operation Push. So um, when we would, my sister and I, we would go together. So I started uh, fully attending her center after school, and literally uh, my wife teases me to this day. She said, what is your fetish about raisin bread and cheese? And, <laughs> and it's so funny. You just don't know how things you know, really um, just become a part of your life. And it's so funny. You resist it, and yeah. then you have it. And it's so funny. I remember I would see Sue carrying these bulks of bananas and apples. And, you know, I'm like, you know, where, where's all this? And, it's, and it's always a sunbeam raisin bread. So I have become such, <laughs> I have such a snob. That is my raisin bread that I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Sue would make us, uh, we would have to come in, and everybody had to come into the room, and we would have to read, and, you know, we would either have a book of atlases, a a geography book, and when I tell you, it would be two-year-olds all the way up to 17, 18, 19, sometimes 20-year-olds sitting in that room, and um, so my relationships ran deep. Monique, Chucky, 
uh, Cecile, Tony, that whole Edwards family is my extended family. So in, in their house was right up the street from the church, and I grew, we all grew up together. So literally I was playing basketball as a, as a, as a young girl with teenage boys. So um, I don't, and you know, it's so funny, Melina, I don't know if you had an opportunity, because time is kind of foggy to me with this. Did you ever have an opportunity to meet Tredale Fort, who we call Squeeze? You know, I heard that name many times, but I never got to meet him. Okay, because he's now he's no, he's no longer with us, but there's quite a few pictures that you show, and Squeeze is what we, everybody affectionately called him was in the pictures, and he became pretty much the main. Like he came up through Sue, and he was a basketball coach uh, for a lot of the kids, and he you know he he was along with Arnie. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would sit into that room, honey. When I tell you, Sue would say, "Okay, make some sandwiches, kids. Quiet down." And so, next thing you know, we all sitting there with this raisin bread and cheese and nothing on it, guys. When I tell you, it was raisin bread and sliced cheese. That was it. So, about two to three minutes in, you choking a little bit because you know the raisin bread is a little bit moist, but the cheese is gonna choke you up a little bit. So it's, it's kind of caught up in your throat a little bit. So. <laughs> We're eating apples and bananas and raisin bread and cheese. And, and you had to finish um, all of it, of course. And you had to. When I tell you, you better not walk out that room and not eat your food. And you are absolutely right. Sue would tell you, you got Uganda children, you got Madagascar, kids in Madagascar. Somebody is starving right now. So when I tell you, I don't care how good, bad, or indifferent your behavior was, Sue was going to get a point across. She was going to let you know clearly when she wasn't happy. She would also let you know when, you know, when you did something and did extremely well. And she believed in, you know, uh, sharing with the group when you were doing things and as you were accomplishing things. And, you know, Melina, when I say Sue was such a huge testament to me in my life, um, I was one of those kids that had troubled things that were going on in my life. And I remember being in high school and, my sophomore going into my junior year, I was so behind because I had so I had fallen so behind on academics, not because I couldn't do my work, I wasn't going to class, and it was just like, you know, a lot of life stuff, you know, intertwined in there. And so it got to a point where when I finally started getting the support of, you know, Sue and other people that were in my life, um, and I needed to catch up. You know, we would say you become a demo, which was a terminology that you, they used in high school when you fell behind on credits. So say if you were supposed to be a junior, but you didn't mm-hmm. have enough credits, you would be considered like a demo junior. You would be like a sophomore or a freshman level. So um, what ends up happening is I have to go to summer school. So one year, Sue paid for my summer school. I had to go to night school, summer school, and regular school for almost a whole year. And Sue said, Sabrina, I tell you what, I had to come in and I worked. I worked over the summer with her, and um, I had to work back, you know, and, and make sure I had to get back to the kids that were part of that group. So for you, Melina, as a director, and, and hearing these stories of the different people um, sharing their insight, what did you find to be the, one of the most enriching moments for you um, in, in doing this documentary on Sue? I mean, I think I think probably that interview with Mary, just because I had known her for many, many years, and um, I had never known the extent of 
Sue's impact on her life and on her all of her children's lives. And so, mm-hmm. you know, being able to interview her and hear about this really, you know, disturbing past where basically she admits that there was a point in her life when, you know, her children were were almost taken away from her. And so Correct. it was just really... I mean, I, I, it's hard to even put into words, you put know. Put into words. Yeah. For for a lady, you know, I worked with her all the time, and I'd seen her so many times, and then just to know her on, like, another level was, you know, really incredible. And, you know, she's she's doing fantastic now, and it's just such a great story, you know, to see how far she's progressed and just how amazing her uh, her daughter is, her daughter Serenity. Um Actually, uh, she her daughter got into Wellesley, uh, which is a college near Boston. It's very um, very prestigious, and yes, it is. It's it's just incredible, you know, hearing the story, and um, and then there's just this extra element. I mean, even if I wasn't a filmmaker, you know, I had known their family for so long, and and I had tutored Serenity, you know, back in the day. Uh, and now that she's going to college on a personal level, you know, that's great to see as well. That's a great achievement, absolutely. And you know what else is amazing? Um, it just goes to show you how important Sue made the forefront of education and community and family so important because look at her son now, Arnie Duncan, who went um, from, uh, you know, Arnie attended Harvard. Harvard. He too played yes. basketball. I played basketball. We went off, went off to school. Um, we both ended up playing international basketball, and I remember whenever he would come back, he went over to overseas in Australia, but he also had an opportunity to play. Um, he had an opportunity to try it out with the Boston Celtics, uh, but he ended up playing overseas in Australia, and uh, eventually he came back, and he started a lot of initiatives um, with education, which has always been the forefront of Sue's, and it just goes to show that his children – have been her children have been an exact um, image of how important it is to invest what Sue has into this community. And I, I want to say I think I remember I think uh, Owen went to Brown, but I, our kids did I, I believe Ivy League schools. And um, when I look at and surrogate children, I look at Akima White and Troy White, and uh, you know, and Akima is getting her doctor, and I'm so proud of her. I haven't spoken to her in some time. But um, she's also a part of a part of the storyline of how important um, Sue's injection in the South Side of Chicago and how places like the Children's Center is so important even now because of the you know the the the, the um, crime and the murder rate is so high, especially with young black inner city youth in Chicago. Um, what tell me this? Have you uh, have you placed the documentary in the film festivals? Uh, I have not. I am going to though, <laughs> and awesome. uh, we are we are going to release it um, online on May fifteenth. So uh, even if you're not in Chicago and you can't uh, or you can't watch it tomorrow, uh, we will have it posted online. So um, the best way to f- to find out more details about that would probably be through our Facebook page. Um, if you just Google "Remember Me, Sue" or "Sue Duncan," you're going to see uh, you're going to see more information. So our website okay. is remembermesue.com. Yeah, it'll be online. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it will be online available at remembermesue.com. 
Yeah, we'll put a link up on, on that website. Amazing. And I'm actually going to do the same thing to make sure that our followers are aware of uh, how to see this thing. Because I know, uh, so let's talk about tomorrow night, which is your air date on PBS. How did that, uh, how did that come to happen? Uh, well, it was funny because I uh, was reaching out to my uh, – I went to grad school at Northwestern, and I reached out to their alumni network just to see if anyone knew someone at PBS because I actually was trying to find some more funding. And I ended up getting the contact information for, you know, one of their VPs. And, you know, he gave me some great advice. And basically he was like, well, do you have – can I watch the movie? And I was like, well – you know, I only have maybe half of it done now, but sure, you can go ahead and watch what I have. And, you know, that was actually a couple, of, more than a year ago, he he saw the rough cut. And from that moment on, he he told me, you know, we want to air this. So uh, even Amazing. at halfway done, you know, they, they were very interested. I mean, it's a very um, important story to the Chicago community. But not only that, I mean, anyone who's interested in education or, you know, issues regarding African Americans or children, you know, all these yeah. different things, you know, I think would find some value in the movie. Um, I got contacted by a group that deals with uh, people with dementia, and, you know, this movie yeah. touches on that as well. Um, so, Amazing. you know, it, it, I think... I've gotten a lot of good feedback on it, and we we were fortunate to have a screening party. We had a screening party last Thursday in Chicago at this really you know nice movie theater, and uh, it was great. We had like a little red carpet set up, and the kids got to go on the red carpet and take pictures, and you know there's about oh, 300 man. people there, and uh, I mean I realize it's, it was probably a biased audience, but they all okay, seemed to exactly. like it. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with the film. I mean, I am not a full-time documentary filmmaker, but I would love to see, you know, this movie reach as many people as possible. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best. Absolutely. So what I'm going to do, Melina, I'm going to go ahead and, and we're going to go to a quick commercial. And uh, what I want to do is try to allow a snippet of, I know we have a trailer that yeah. is available online, correct? Yes, there is. Okay, cool. We're going to go to a quick commercial break and we'll come right back, okay? This whole type All right. just one quick second. It takes great content and the right media branding mix to deliver a great service. Here at Loudmouth Radio Network, we intend on doing both and exceeding our own expectations. Advertising on loudmouthradio.com provides you a cost-effective vehicle to brand your business repeatedly, providing you packages that consistently announce your business without breaking the bank. Despite the traditional high price tag that traditional radio brings, it makes sense to become a media partner with Loudmouth Radio that provides you an already built-in multimedia campaign to push your brand out. Make sure you contact us today, and any of our specialists with Loudmouth Media Brand will be able to help you get out further. Contact us today at 706-363-3895. And don't forget, visit us online at loudmouthradio.com. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. 
Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. It's time. It's open enrollment for Atlanta Preparatory School of the Arts, where education is the foundation. We have two convenient locations in the metro Atlanta area ready to serve you at 10 Friendly Hills Drive, Suite B in Decatur, Georgia, and our newest location at 2321 Bodacrest Road, Atlanta, Georgia. Our convenient office lines are available for your needs at 678-974-2282. Sign your child up today. We're accepting infants up until the age of 12 years old with after-school programs, open enrollment, summer camp, and more. You're listening to In the Studio with Sunny on LoudmouthRadio.com. All right. Thank you uh, so patiently, Malini. You still with us, honey? Yes, I am. Wonderful. I think we have somebody that has come on with us, and we're on live right now talking about Remember Me, Sue, this awesome documentary about Sue Duncan. And we're going to welcome our caller. You are live on the air with Loudmouth Radio. Please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hello, my name is Cecilia Peterson. I'm calling from South Holland, Illinois, um, hey, former Cecilia. resident of Chicago. Hi. Hey, darling. Welcome. I am well, wonderful. Great. Oh, again, such Good a pleasure. You. To, you, you as well. How are you doing tonight? I am so blessed. Absolutely. So happy to be able to call in. I'm, I almost missed you. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know. Have, have you been listening for a little bit, or you just got a, got a chance to call in? Just a little. I got uh, a chance to call in just a little bit ago. So. Okay, that's all right. I'm going to tell you, uh, Melina, you're still on the line with us, correct? Yes. Hi, Melina. Hi. Uh, I now, met Melina. I was just about to say, I'm go sorry. ahead. Did you, I was going to say, have you guys met? We have met. She probably doesn't remember me, but we met at um, at the school when she Are was you Chucky's sister? the documentary. I am. That's correct. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I remember you. Yes. So uh, Chucky Kim and I were there. My daughter uh, was yep. uh, was at Sue. So she Absolutely was a godsend to our community. We all love Sue so much. Absolutely. And before you came on, Sue, I was just telling uh, Melina how um, I came to even find out about Sue with my mom playing at the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Kenwood, and I was expressing you got you weren't on the line in the beginning, but the great thing is our show is always archivable, which is a wonderful thing. So you'll be able to hear this show in its entirety once we come off air. But okay. um, I was sharing with our listening audience uh, that basically how the Edwards 
is totally my extended family. <laughs> oh, and, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So when I got a chance to see, I've actually had an opportunity to look at the um, to look at the documentary, and when I saw Chucky on that video, I almost lost it. <laughs> it, is, it, it is just a joy. She was just sharing um, about how vivid Chucky's stories were. Um, mm. And, you know, to be able to see someone like Sue um, make such an impact, and I am so gracious uh, to Melina for bringing this story to life. I know. It, it is a story so, that really, really should be told, so... I'm yes. glad that it is getting out too. Absolutely. Now, do you have a Sue story to share with our audience? I do have a Sue Any story to memory? share. It's kind I of. I think funny. everyone does. <laughs> you know who exactly. doesn't have a Sue story? I, 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 I'm too old to have been a student of Sue, but my daughter was uh, in Sue's, and I have two children. My younger son. My my daughter, I never had a problem with in school. She just, you know, went straight through school with straight A's, very good student. And um, when my son got in school, I started having problems with him. You know, he wasn't seeming to catch on as quickly as Kim did. So I was mm-hmm. telling Kim, you know, Amir, he just doesn't, um, he doesn't get it like you do. She's like, well, he didn't go to school. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I'm like, you know, you're right. Because she did, you know, she really did a magnificent job. Everybody that went yes. to Sue um, has gone on to do great things, I think. Just Primarily about. so, yes. Yeah. And there's been some that fell on the wayside, you know. Yeah, there's um, always some, but um, mm-hmm. we had plenty of good stories that came out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. That Absolutely. little blue van. <laughs> okay. You know, Cecilia, I... I uh, I just wanted to say I when I interviewed Chucky I was just I was very impressed with the work that he's doing now. Um, he he works for an international airline catering company, and I, I I didn't have time to include this in the movie, but he did talk a lot about how growing up at the center, you know, he got to meet so many different people and just interacting with people of all you know all backgrounds, um, and how that helps him you know at his job now. It, it's just really incredible. It is. It really is. So, so we're very with, grateful to Sue. Absolutely. I, I was hoping I didn't know if um, Chucky was going to have an opportunity to uh, to join us tonight. But with um, now, I see that the center has moved to the to the Jackie Robinson School. Right. Um, so let me ask you this, darling. You just shared this with our listeners because not everyone, we have a lot of people. Now, you know, I'm in Atlanta, and there is quite a few uh, people from Chicago that is in the uh, metro Atlanta area. And mm-hmm. um, for, you know, for our listeners who would not necessarily know the accomplishment of that neighborhood, what is the biggest difference um, that you see that with them being in that center versus being in some of the past locations how much of a difference um, has it made? I don't think, you, you know, the um, lessons haven't changed or anything. The only difference is the location, so I don't think that really makes a big difference because anybody that wants to be there is going to make it there. You know, Absolutely. so the kids that the kids that went to the church the, at um, on 46th and Greenwood, the kids that went to the church mm-hmm. on Ingleside when it was on 
what, 49th and Ingleside, are the same kids. They still go down to 43rd and Lake Park, you know, because exactly. more so the parents, you know, it's 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 like uh, you absolutely have to go. Exactly. So. Yeah, and and just to add to that, you know, kids who, who start off going to Sue's, you know, they're often there for – Five, ten years, yes, even more. You know, they just mm-hmm. stay right. with her the whole time, and they and do. And, and some Absolutely. of them do go on to be tutors because I know Chucky started as a, a little tyke, and he, you know, as he got older, he helped with the younger students tutoring them. He did. I know Michelle did, um, and some Carrie of the other Holly, kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie, yeah, right. So Absolutely. I mean, they, didn't just go there and learn. They shared what they did learn, you know, with the other, with the younger ones when they came along. So even at um, the school now, some of the, some of the kids there are like third generation. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I saw Mary, um, I, I, I saw and I looked and I was like, man, you know, it's, it's amazing to see. Um, even some of the pictures, I was able, like people I hadn't like said their names and. 10, 15, 20 years, and I looked mm-hmm. up, like, oh, my God, look at Tristan White, you know. Um, <laughs> so it was just like flashback, flashback, flashback. And, wow. um, you know, for, you know, I can only imagine because it's been a while, and up until recently I would call Sue, and mm-hmm. first thing she was like, Sabrina Smith. And I, I was know. like, yes, hey, Sue, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we would just, and she just, First thing she said, what 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 are you doing now, and 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 how are things going? And you know, even though her memory bank mm-hmm. has not been as sharp and has faded, you know, over the years, you know, she's always going to be in tune to ask those vital questions. You know, how are you doing? What are you into? You know, um, I can remember vividly. I called her one day, and she she said to me, and this is when Arnie was making a transition um, mm-hmm. to go to. Uh, you know, into the uh, into DC, and she said, "Did you right. hear about Arnie?" And I was like, "Yes." Yeah. She said, "Isn't it just amazing?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> and you know, you just would hear. She would always just be very honest with you, um, yeah. no matter what, good, bad, and indifferent. Right. Very upfront. Um, yes, there's and, and there's no filter of of her um, com- confrontation of things. Right. Um, and I think, Melina, you've done a great job capturing that in this documentary. Yeah. I should add, uh, you know, it's very important to, you know, give the full picture of Sue. Because I, I know a lot of the kids, their first impressions of her are not so positive. You know, she is very strict. She has these rules. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow them, you know, she's going to let you know, like, oh, that yeah. is not okay. Um <laughs> So, you know, part of the movie, I I was trying to, you know, capture that side of her as well. Um, but, you know, what what Excuse the kids me. realize, you know, and, and the show in the film is is how they eventually come to see why she's like that and why she has those exactly. rules in place. Right. And, um, you know, it's just funny. I, I tried asking everyone, you know, so can you describe Sue? And not very many people can describe her. So I was curious <laughs> if you guys could describe her. <laughs> you know, uh, so you want to go ahead and, and approach that one first? Well, and like I said, I wasn't, I, I, I um, experienced Sue as a parent 
because my daughter was there. But um, she was very a very nurturing person, I know. I mean, she was strict, no nonsense. If, you know, if the kids got out of hand, if they didn't, um, it didn't get back online, then you got to go home. You know, exactly. it's my way or the highway. <laughs> That's true. And uh, she was she was a very nurturing person. I know at one point my uh, niece lost her mother, and she was living with me and Sue. You know, she encouraged it, and she did a lot to help when uh, that came about. But um, she's just, you know, always everywhere. She had her hand in everything. She, When Chucky was young, she had him in camp. You know, he would go to um, state. The, the summer with other families to see another part, another life, you know, that there exactly. is life out there and that there's, you know, so much more that you can experience other than just being in the neighborhood. So she's just Absolutely. magnificent. I We love Sue to death. Yes, and I think, you know, it's a, I think, Melina, you're going to get two great point of views because you heard one from a parent and now you're going to hear one from the perspective of someone that attended and um you know has excelled from you know her from that bosom that she opens up you know to the community i i think that there's, there's you have to have some vividness with this when you're describing sue because the experience of what happens is what makes it so compelling but you know you'll have you have some kids that are not as troubled uh behavioral wise but then you have those that are and there's this large, diverse group of, of children that are coming with all different kinds of things. Everybody's got their own little stuff, and some kids have a little more baggage than others. So if you wanted to, if you know, as they say, if you wanted the more well-behaved children and you don't give Sue as much flack, this is the experience with Sue that you'll have. You know, you'll come in, mm-hmm. she'll, you know, she'll give you your round circle. She'll probably mm-hmm. call on you a little bit more because she knows right. that you're going to be more forthcoming and giving answers. And uh, even if they're partially or dead on, she's going to make sure that she tells the kids that, you know what, Melina, that is absolutely correct. Kids, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what grade is Melina in or how old is Melina or this, this, and this. And so she's also helping to identify amongst peers that, you know, here it is, and I've I have seen it, honey. And it's like sometimes yeah. when you get older, it's kind of embarrassing. You you sitting here next to a ten year old who's able to tell <laughs> you geographically where stuff is, and you sitting there like, oh my god, are you flipping through the page trying to hurry up and catch up? <laughs> and a ten year old is sitting here telling you where something is and what the capital of um, of Iraq Iraq is, or you, you know what I mean? And you, yeah, right. you start to realize that even the children that are less well-behaved, you know, they'll see the other side of Sue. They won't tolerate you disrupting the group. Yeah. That will point you out but not give you such a stigma to where you sit in there crushed and embarrassed. Okay. Yeah, she you know. she was able to do it in a very diplomatic way, and yeah. it, eventually, you know, yeah. those kids who were acting up, you know, eventually they became the kids that were, you know, helping the other ones, you know, showing them the way. Exactly, so. mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Because I'm gonna tell you, it still knows my mother very clearly, honey. When you <laughs> act up, she's gonna let you know and let the world know oh, you're yeah. acting up. So, you know, to go from that one hand, which a lot of times the rearing in the home may be different than the experience in in, in Sue's. So you have right. 
really three places of, of change. You have going from home to school to Sue and back home. So Sue becomes that middle ground where she can say a little bit more and do a little bit more than maybe a regular teacher can because in, in the schools now, you know, it, it may be frowned upon with you hugging a child, which is right. so sad. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the chastisement in Sue's way is, oh, you're going to go home. You're mm-hmm. not going to get an additional snack. You can, you know, she's not, not going to not feed you, but it may go from, okay, instead of having that two or three bananas or an apple and a banana and a sandwich, you might only get a banana and then you cut out from some other activities right. here. You know? <laughs> so and then you go from that and then you transfer home where your world is probably just totally different from the other two spaces, you know? But what Sue is giving you, you know, a lot of the times, by the time these kids don't come home, they're the same graces to the parents because, honey, they done ran, they have eaten, they have been tutored, <laughs> they've done their homework. Yep. So right. the parents eventually become on board and say, Sue, we love you for real, honey. You are the sister, mm-hmm. the mother, the grandmother. We didn't know that we Everything. had. Yes, because, you know, you have the over-hyperactive children that are still, you know, by the time they get to Sue at 3, 2 or 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they're still on overdrive. Mm -hmm. So by the time they leave her, they settle down even more. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they'll come home and have a light dinner and then have some time with the family and then go to bed and start all over again, you know. So I think that that's my way of giving a description of the Sue experience. Right. Um, and you know you what? Know, um, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I was I was just thinking too. You know, I, I know everybody talks about when they'd be in a circle and she'd pass out the apple and the cheeses, and some kids would come, you know, because they knew mm-hmm. they would get apple and cheese. And then after lessons, then they would go down and play basketball, and these were ways to get the kids in. But you know, once they got in there, she had them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's it. So, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Um, with, so, Melina, with you now um, releasing this online, uh, will it be available? You know, are you going to package this up uh, for DVD as far as distribution? Are you Are you looking at doing any type of distribution with it? Which I know it takes money, honey. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I I am looking into doing um, some DVDs. Uh, I would my best answer to that is just go on our website to find out the most updated information because I haven't finalized the details of all that. I do know it will be online in a few weeks. So um, I know a lot of people have been asking me about DVDs, so I'm going to try to at least get enough produced for, you know, the people who ask me directly. But we'll see. I mean, maybe if um, if this gets enough attention, you know, maybe we will be able to expand further and maybe get it on Netflix or, you know, something like that. That'd be great. Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this too, darling. With the online version, will it be just accessible for any public viewing? Um, the, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know <laughs> if I've gotten that far. The plan was to maybe charge about 2 or $3, maybe $4 for mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. just to yeah, you know that Amazon and um, Amazon is an option where they have the right. uh, you know the viewing. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't think of the name of the other one, but Amazon is a, is a one of the bigger ones. 
that is now available to where people can pay, you know, four or five bucks and purchase the DVD, you know, um, mm-hmm. or accessibility online. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, Sadly, you... this is not an area I know much about, and I have right. to look into it. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to see what, what the reaction is to to the movie being on TV and, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Now, is PBS giving some type of promotion of the air date for tomorrow night currently in the um, area? It should be, yeah. I mean, I haven't, uh, you know, obviously I'm not at home right now watching it, but um, right. there should be some, like I, I did submit to them some promotional material, so... Um, we we are listed, so if you go to wttw.com and you look at their schedule, you will see Remember Me Sue scheduled out for tomorrow at 9. Um, I did see it was also scheduled, um, I believe, for Friday at 3 p.m., but go online and double-check that. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. So far as Chicago, um, all our listeners that are, you know, in the basis of Chicago, what time is the air date? Um, I mean, what time is the uh, the segment to air tomorrow? So it's going to air tomorrow uh, at 9 p.m. So uh, it's just on WTTW 11. So um, it's just in the Chicago area. I wish it was <laughs> – we'll see. Maybe, maybe it will go farther than that, but uh, for right now it's just in Chicago. It's just in Chicago right now. Okay. So for um, – those who are listening to this broadcast, we are going to um, definitely encourage you to tune in to the actual airing tomorrow night. How long is the actual documentary in its entirety? It's 51 minutes. 51 minutes? Yes. Okay. I'm actually uh, looking to try to see if I can actually load in the audio of the trailer. And uh, I want to see about trying to put that in and see if we can actually play that as we yeah. to kind of wrap up the show. Um, Melina, what are your what are your thoughts before I get that loaded in? Uh, or let me ask uh, Cecilia because she's been our our faithful guest tonight, uh, <laughs> our faithful listener that's called in to talk to our guest tonight. Um, what do you hope that people get from this documentary? Well, um, for one thing, I hope that they get inspiration. You know that only takes one person. You know, as they say, it takes a village to raise a child, but it has to start with one person. And Sue did create a village. She definitely created a Absolutely. village. We have we have a camaraderie and a love in our neighborhood that a lot of neighborhoods don't have. Most of the children that grew up uh, with Sue and in the neighborhood are still associated with each other, you know. Absolutely. So, and Melina, how about you, honey? Thank you. You know, I I couldn't put it any better than that. <laughs> you know, it's just the, the amazing impact of one lady. You know, she. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible, and, and and the fact that even though she's not, um, you know, doing this work directly anymore, just the fact that her impact is just going to keep going on and on. You know. Children of the, the children of the children who went to the center are going to feel that impact. So, you know, you help one okay. person, they, they help another one. You know, it's like a chain reaction, and um, it's just incredible. 
not only that, her children are office. carrying on the work that she started. That's you know, right. So that's, 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 right. that's wonderful, too, because you go there and Absolutely. you see Sarah and, you know, you see Owen. the kids, and I think it's just great. And Owen Wright, yeah, so it's mm-hmm. great. Absolutely. Melina, um, did Sarah, I mean, did Sarah, did Sue attend the red carpet event? She did, yes. She was able to make it. Oh, that is so great. <laughs> when good. I tell you, I when, I, when I get back into the city, I so much want to want to hug her neck. Um, yes. I don't know. Do you think you'll see her again anytime soon? Um, You know, we'll see. I, I do. I live in Hyde Park, and she lives in Hyde Park, so she doesn't live that yes. far from me. Uh, right. So, okay. Uh, you know, people visit her all the time, and, you know, okay. she just constantly gets visitors, which is great. You know, she she does, um, you know, her memory. But she's in the same place now. She didn't move. She's in the same place. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, you know, great. Her... I know how to get to her. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> awesome. No, That's she does wonderful. not <laughs> Okay, guys, I want to play this trailer. I got the audio in here loaded, so I want to let this play. And okay. uh, when after we play this, we'll uh, wrap this up, and, and, and I appreciate you guys. Let's hold on real quick. Okay. We all are born with potential. If I could learn to read, why not everybody else in the world? Name and date, number down, number your pages. <laughs> Here's this lady coming through the neighborhood, right? And she's fearless. They weren't used to seeing, you know, a white lady with three little white kids coming to a, a predominantly black neighborhood three days a week. How many young black men were killed in Chicago last year? There was a situation where I was told, get yourself together or all your kids are gone. I knew this lady had ambition. She saw more than me than I saw in myself. You never want to disappoint her. You never want to let her down because she never let you down. Okay, we tried to let that play. I, I was hearing a little bit of feed. Um, I don't know how did it sound to you guys. Sounded good. I, I could hear it. It, it was a good. little, little hard to hear the quotes, but you know we could always watch it online. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, we, we we literally took the trailer and 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 dropped it into an MP3 for it to playback. So. Um, unfortunately for all our production people who can understand this statement, I have no way of controlling the levels of what was already recorded. <laughs> but uh, from our switchboard, we tried to make it to where we play back. And we're definitely going to um, connect the trailer onto our website um, in our blog on loudmouthradio.com. And um, I'm so excited, Melina, when I tell you, thank you. God bless you so much for doing this. Um, thank you so much. 
Yes, I reached out to her, I don't know, I think it was well over a year. Well, it's been longer than that because when, <laughs> when I saw that you posted that it was on the air on PBS, I think the email that I went back into from when I corresponded with you was over a couple of years ago. And I, yeah. I saw as you were developing, you know, creating more storyline, um, I was just praising for the, the project itself and praying for it to, to turn out extremely well. And like I told us to say, when we went on the first came on air, if I had five hands, she would have had ten thumbs up. <laughs> uh, because it's just a it's, it's just a great clean um, piece, and uh, yeah. I can say that because I actually I got my bachelor's degree in video and film. Uh, Melina, so I'm giving you from a critique. Yes, you did. Okay. That. It was it was definitely on point. Um, Thank you. So yes, so I, I definitely um, I'm going to share this out for those who are in the area to, to to tune in tomorrow night, and I will check back with you to see how you're progressing. And you you have my contact information. You let me know what we can do here as a radio network. Um, to further, you know, push this out. Now, I will say that one of the great things about Loudmouth Radio, we do actually reach over 4 million in-car dashboard listeners. Um, we are actually on the app called Stitcher. So we're lucky to um, be able to say that, we, you know, this is my homage to this project by just being able to say that I wanted to do this, this, this special statement with you tonight. And I'm so glad right. and gracious that... Yeah, and so grateful that you were gracious enough to come on to the show and, and give us your time over the last hour and 20 minutes. So um, I, I don't think I have anything more than um, looking forward to seeing this online, and I definitely will um, do my part to, to help push it out, social media and everything else. And I want to ask that you guys uh, pray for me with um, my newlywed wife over here. We're doing a marriage equality initiative. Um, yes, congratulations, yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And when I tell you, there's been so much going on um, in every way. And tomorrow night, well, tomorrow, May 1st, is the May Day uh, Marriage Equality Initiative that we're doing. It's the official D-Day where we're asking over 22, over 21,000 LGBT same-gender couples in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're basically doing this rally for people to go to their local courthouses and cities in their area and townships to apply for a marriage license, no, will be denied. But, okay. uh, you know, the, the people that Jazzy and I are, uh, as media personalities, as activists, as uh, people that live in Georgia that pay taxes and have homes here, yeah, we're going to say um, that we need to be recognized, that we just need to have equality. So right. um, if you guys would keep us in prayer and our, our Georgia family, we have people that are as far as Savannah and Augusta and all over the state that we did press conferences. And when I tell you it was amazing to see people have tears in their eyes and saying thank you for coming to do this and giving us a voice. Um, wow. This is why we do what we do. So tomorrow night we're going to continue our segment, um, which will be a special, a special show on marriage equality, and we'll have people from all over calling into the show. And uh, we're asking people that are even if they're not in the LGBT community, um, just to support us by tweeting uh, MaydayGA Equality on the hashtag, which is that number sign. And it's mm-hmm. all over social media. The press release is all over the Internet. Um, so hopefully we'll have some, some uh, additional things uh, tomorrow to say graciously that have happened. I know that we've already been uh, we're going down to Tybee Island, Savannah, over the weekend because we've been invited to come and be a part of their parade. Um, to celebrate because of the things that we're doing. So I just want to tell you, Melina, that, you know, as a conduit, 
and another conduit to another conduit that you know we're we're here for purpose and uh and seal as well um I love you I miss you guys so desperately um, yes. and you know keep my mom in prayer as she's recovering um from right. her stroke that she had last okay. year. So uh, I thank you guys for being on air with us, and I'm going to go ahead and allow my media partners' information to ride because they help us to keep the network going. And I, I, okay. I bid you guys farewell. Thank you okay. so much for having me on. Thank, thank you, you so much, much Melina, again. And thank you. Thank you, love. Thank All right, bye-bye. love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. Insurance Associates Atlanta, formerly Mathis Insurance Services, is an independent agency offering personal, commercial life, and health insurance products to meet the needs of your business and your family. We specialize in helping you protect all of your assets, whether you're purchasing insurance for the first time or searching for better products at a better price. Feel free to contact us at 770-483-0310. We're conveniently located at 1030 Remington Drive in Conyers, Georgia. Visit us online at insurance-iaa.com. Time is open enrollment for Atlanta Preparatory School of the Arts, where education is the foundation. We have two convenient locations in the metro Atlanta area ready to serve you at 10 Friendly Hills Drive, Suite B in Decatur, Georgia, and our newest location at 2321 Bodacrest Road, Atlanta, Georgia. Our convenient office lines are available for your needs at 678-974-2282. Sign your child up today. We're accepting infants up until the age of 12 years old with after-school programs, open enrollment, summer camp, and more. Have you heard? No. What's going on? Loudmouth Radio is getting ready to start this season back March 4, 2014. Really? I hadn't. I, I didn't know. Well, tune in. Starting March 4, 2014, Loudmouth Radio Network is coming back on with new shows, new content, special guests, features, and things you would not want to miss. Great media partners and content that you will just lose your head over. Remember, loudmouthradio.com.
You're listening to the Loudmouth Radio Network. <laughs> 